Hey folks, welcome back for a whole new episode of the All Out Blitz podcast. This is Jeff and I got my main man Brady here next to me. Yes, we are back. My apologies. Uh, we, w- we did want to put out another episode before the yeah. games this weekend. However, apparently uh, death almost caught me. I uh, just got sick. Might still be able to hear a little bit of it now, but uh, finally starting to feel a little better. Not a terrible weekend uh, to be able to just sit around in bed all day. No. Uh, great, great weekend of football uh, to talk about Absolutely. coming up over the next uh, half hour or so. I would say maybe the best four games all year, but it's not not a lot of people would agree with me. Uh, I do. Okay. I think it was an amazing weekend of football, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, what we got on the on the docket here for you folks is we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of what happened over Wild Card Weekend, wacky Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. Going to talk about some coaching news that, uh, that kind of happened towards the end of last week, right before the weekend. Uh, and then also even just today, some breaking coaching news. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to do a couple more episodes here this week, so we're not going to get into too many details about next weekend's games, nope. the divisional playoff round. Uh, but let's kick it off with a little bit of coaching news, right? And, and um, sorry to interrupt, but there was a big, well, like, major thing that happened with the coaches, but um, I'm going to let you continue, um, and then I'll say it. Thank you for that interruption. Sorry. <laughs> 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 it's all, I'll let you. I'll let you deliver that news. What I want to talk about as far as coaches go is the Washington Redskins finding their coach in Riverboat Ron Rivera. I personally think this is a fantastic ad by Daniel Snyder. Finally a good decision coming out of that Redskins camp. Ron Rivera is a great coach, and I think him being able to help mold Dwayne Haskins the way that Ron helped mold Cam Newton, um, very similar skill sets. Um, I think Dwayne Haskins being a little more of an intelligent type of quarterback, though, uh, I think it's going to be really great for the Redskins organization going forward, having a, a lot of those other key pieces potentially coming back. I think the addition of uh, Ron Rivera and some of the other folks that Ron is bringing on his, his, in his staff uh, maybe start the communication back with star left tackle Trent Williams. Um, we know he sat out all season, did not like the organization, the coaching staff. Uh, Dwayne Haskins needs that man as his as his blindside blocker. Uh, so hopefully they can get that uh, get get Trent back in there with the team. Hopefully feeling happy, feeling good about it. Um, Redskins I also hired Jack Del Rio. As a defensive coordinator, so you're getting a very experienced coaching staff there with the Washington Redskins. Rivera immediately pulling out all the stops to make sure he has the right crew to turn this ship around. Somebody's got to come out in that NFC East. It can't just be the Eagles and the Cowboys being terrible all the time, right? Nope. So they're why not the Redskins, right? May as well be the Redskins. Let's do a little bit more here, he says. I think Rivera is the right man for the job. Looking forward to seeing what they have coming down over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. What's the news you got, Brady? So we were up last night watching the Seahawks and Eagles game, which was a great game. And I got notified by, I'm pretty sure, the NFL app that Jason Garrett was fired. Amazingly, he was reported to be fired about 13 times over the past six days. Uh, apparently he was just camping out in the Cowboys facility, crying to, uh, Stephen and Jerry Jones, trying to save his job. The weirdest coaching change or anything, I guess I could say that I've seen in the NFL in a very long time. 
If a coach gets fired, they get fired. Period. Flat out. You're gone. Bye-bye now. Don't let the door hit you. But somehow, it was just, he was sticking around. He's kind of like this cold I have right now. Just, it won't go away. Just states. But, uh... It was confirmed. It was confirmed. That he was... He's gone. He's gone. Which is interesting, because on Friday, or possibly Saturday, I had medication in me with the cold and whatnot, but... There were there were talks about Marvin Lewis, the old Bengals head coach, going in there to talk to the Cowboys. Uh, Mike McCarthy, which was out of out of out of business there for a year, but the old Packers head coach was supposed to be there Saturday. They released it today. Apparently, Mike McCarthy slept over. They had a nightcap at Jerry Jones's house Saturday night. Imagine that one, folks. Mike McCarthy's probably sixty years old. I don't know. Let's have a sleepover, the old man says. Yep. And they hammer out a deal. And um, it's interesting, but Mike McCarthy is now, has also been announced as the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Woo! So kudos to Cowboys fans, hopefully actually getting a head coach. Um, He took a year off. McCarthy took a year off and dedicated himself to analysis, statistics, and a lot of other things to help adapt himself to the game, which I think just for his success in the past with the Green Bay Packers, right? Super Bowl champs, uh, great head coach, uh, brought up Aaron Rodgers in his prime. A great ad, right, on paper. But McCarthy taking a look at himself in the mirror with his year off, changing and adapting himself to the way that the game has become is very, very impressive. Yep. I'm sure that led to the Jones family saying, hey, this guy's willing to take a look at himself in the mirror to adjust and make things better. Maybe that's the kind of guy we need here to help run the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so we'll see how McCarthy goes, but it was less than a 24-hour turnaround. Last night, we're watching that game. As Brady said, he turns to me and says, well, Garrett's gone. And I just kind of chuckled. Because we've been, we've been hearing it for days. <laughs> I mean, Garrett's no longer here, but somehow his key card still works. Doesn't it make w- any sense. It was confirmed last night that he was fired, though. Finally. So what that means is Jason Garrett is probably still in the building. Because <laughs> they yeah. won't leave. He probably locked himself to a toilet somewhere. Uh, but honestly, this this morning I get up and, you know, check out the Twitter sphere and uh, just some other news locations. And all of a sudden, it just massively breaks out that Mike McCarthy's the man. It was probably no more than 15 hours later. Um, really odd. But you know what? If they found their guy, they found their guy. I'm happy for a couple of Cowboys fans that I know. It's It's been a long, treacherous decade of mediocrity uh, as a Dallas Cowboys fan. And uh, maybe this will turn it around. They have an awful lot of talent on that roster, folks, that has been wasted on mediocre or mediocrity as far as the coaching staff is concerned. So good, good, good to them. Um, hopefully yes. it works out. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. They have a lot of discussions to have in the off season when it comes to their players and contracts, but we'll let that play out. And then one last bit of uh, coaching news just released here this afternoon um, on this wonderful, wonderful Monday, January 6th is that, the Rams have decided not to renew the contract of their defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips. So Sean McVay bringing in another DC, I assume, uh, to take over that defensive side of the ball. Their defense was 
very, very bad. Uh, the majority of the season, um, no matter how creative Sean McVay is with that offense, I think Jared Goff is a middle-of-the-road kind of quarterback. He's not great. He is more of a game manager. Um, but that defense, I mean, if you have Aaron Donald in there, you got a chance. And they could double, triple-team him, and they still couldn't put things together. Uh, so it's probably a good move for for the Rams to shake things up a little a little bit. You go one year to you know the Super Bowl, um, lose, and then you come back and you can't even make the playoffs. Really wasn't even that close because of that strong NFC West with the Niners and the Seahawks. But either way, good luck to Wade Phillips going forward. A great coach, great man, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully hopefully he stays in the game. Looking forward to coach some more. And hopefully, um, before we continue, hopefully you guys had a uh, good Christmas, too. Man, has it been that long? Well, like six days since Christmas. Well, since the new year. Yeah. A great new year, then. Great new year, then. <laughs> yeah. We had an episode before or after Christmas. Yeah, we did. That's how excited. it. <laughs> we do hope you had a great Christmas. We, we did we here. Do. We did here. We, we had a great family did. Christmas. And uh, great New Year's Eve. You know, stayed up. Watched the ball drop. It was very uneventful, almost like every other day of the year, almost. Our TV is super delayed, and it was 12 o'clock before we even knew it. Yeah, it was weird. But anyway, uh, no, we hope you, you do have a hope you had a great new year. But it's yeah. it's football time, and it's exciting football time, so let's jump into it. There were a lot of a lot of injury concerns going into this past weekend. You had the potential of, uh, of the return of J.J. Watt. You had... Um, as far as the Seahawks and Eagles games go, this is this was like a game of the handicapped almost, where you had you know fifty percent of the starters not sure if they were even going to play. Like um, Zach Ertz, um, I remember watching the game. Zach Ertz, he, um, I remember someone saying that he was going to be checked um, after every quarter just to make sure he can go in and play the next one. Yeah, I mean the man comes back from like a cracked rib. He had a lacerated kidney, and the doctors. I don't it, tell me if this sounds okay. The doctors say your lacerated kidney, which is essentially your your kidney is is kind of cut open. Ooh. Uh it's scabbed over enough to where we think it's okay <laughs> that you can be hit by 350 pound men coming at you like a train. I would I would wait that game off and just wait till next year because like if you have like if you just came out like came off of a cracked rib and they said it's scat like it's scabbed over i'd still wait a little bit just for it to like fully heal zach ertz is a man where to if like if you get hit there it doesn't hurt much zach ertz is a grown man i mean he had he had the flak jacket on so he had protection he did but you know this is this is playoff football this is where people are taking unnecessary hits unfortunately unnecessary risks but Zach Ertz was all in. True. I mean, he is a grown man. And I'll tell you what, he played very, very well. His blocking was on par. You could see him wincing at every little turn, but he dealt with the pain. Um, but they were they were checking on him frequently. He took yeah. a couple good pops. I wasn't he was a little slow to get up here and there, but he but he played really well. But we'll get into that. You had you also had Jadavion Clowney was, was ended up being good to go. You had Mike Upati, the starting left guard uh, for Russell. He was out. Um, Quandry Diggs was finally back at safety for the Seahawks, which they, yeah. if they didn't have him, 
this game potentially could have turned out to be a little different. Yeah. And uh, Carson Wentz, um, I'm pretty sure, like, I was watching that game, and I was pretty sure it was the first quarter when um, he was sitting on the bench with, like, the uh, concussion injury. And it was about, I'd say, a good 10 minutes before they confirmed, like, he's going to be out for the game for, like, a concussion. Yeah, it was only eight plays in, right? It only eight plays into the game. He takes a he he, he takes a nasty he tries he tries to get he tries to get back to the line of scrimmage, and, and I'm not going to get into it. I, that dude plays with all heart. Um, I would definitely wish him a speedy recovery, but he dives head first instead of sliding. Um, takes it takes it does take a nasty hit from Clowney. That yeah, if you watch it, some people think it should have been a penalty man. or an ejection going head first. Clowney did turn his head down. He did not hit helmet to helmet. You can clearly see that. I do not think there was any ill intent there, but it did put Wentz in the concussion protocol, hung out in the sideline for a bit, ended up going back to the locker room, coming back out, put in put in Josh McCown. And that dude can still play. I think he's 40 years old, something like that. Never took a rep with the first team and still kept this team in the game till the very end. I'm so pretty, I'm pretty kudos sure to that man. It also said, like, um, was it Josh McCown? Yep. Um, said he was like, this is like his 17th season. 17 years. And I remember whenever I went to my grandpaps, um, most people there were just like, I've never heard of him. And this is like his 17th season. Josh McCown's been around for a long, long time. Great, great man. Good football player. Um, kept the Eagles in it. You know, he was with, I know he was with the Browns for a little while with a bunch of other teams too. And, uh, no, he, I think he played very, very well. He had a lot of emotion at the end of the game there. Um, which really truly shows to go how invested he was uh, within this Eagles franchise. So let's uh, let's cover the scores before we get into uh, a little bit about each individual game. Uh, it started off on Saturday, two games, both AFC games. You had the Bills and the Texans. And let me just say this before we get into it. I, I'll pat myself on the back. I've been pretty good with picks this season. Um, I did win this pick though. He won this week. He went three and one with his picks. I went two and two. I split. Um, I do have to say I'm highly disappointed in the Buffalo Bills. They had this game won. They did go into overtime though, so that's congrats to them. No, no congrats. The oh. Bills lost. They I choked. The Texans. <laughs> oh, the Bills choked. They had this game in the bag. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, and they lost to the Texans 22-19, and it was because of. I want to say three key moments. The first was J.J. Watt was available for this game. I didn't watch this one, by the way. (laughs) Brady did not watch this game. I was sick. I was at home on the couch. I watched the other three, though. He was at a family event that I unfortunately couldn't make it to. But I was on the couch watching this game. J.J. Watt was back. He was harnessed. He said, you know what? This is playoff football. I'm all in. If, if the peck doesn't hold up from the tear he had, it doesn't hold up. He was fine with it. But there came a point in this game when they the Texans really needed something. They needed a spark. They needed a kick in the pants to get them moving. J.J. Watt comes up with a massive third down sack on Josh Allen. From that point on, the entire tide of the game shifted in the Texans' favor. Favor. You had that, you had another big stop by Whitney Merciless, and then you had the amazing Deshaun Watson getting 
double hit from the front and the back, spun out of the sack. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. To toss it out to the running back in overtime. Took it about 34 yards to get down in field goal range. Four bath kicked it in. Game over. I am going to say, though, both of those uh, Bills guys, they both should have just, like, grabbed him and just took him down. I don't understand the difficulty in the NFL football world today you got with to- wrapping up and tackling people instead of putting your shoulder into them, thinking you're a big tough guy, that they're immediately just going to fall over. Because, like, you have one guy grabbing him at the legs, another guy grabbing him at the chest. Grab him and rip him down. We saw it yesterday in the Seahawks game, too. I was flipping out, losing my voice a little bit because I was our sick. Our defense was not, like, they, I'm just going to come out and say They were terrible. They were terrible. But there was, a, there was a point when it was a dump-off pass, and we'll talk about this game in more detail, but a dump-off pass where a defensive lineman for the Seahawks, and instead of wrapping up the running back, he just throws his large body into the guy and tosses him about three yards forward for a first down. Wrap up defense. Tackle these players. Get them down to the ground. They thankfully did not count it as first down. They did. It should have been. been It was a first down. Bad spot by the officials. But anyway, we go on to the next game, which was my favorite game of the entire year. We had the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. Titans take the W. 2013 win over the Patriots. Mike Vrabel out Belichick. Bill Belichick. Bill Lumberjack. Bill Lumberjack got <laughs> chopped down by the giant Lumberjack himself, Mike Vrabel. And if you want to know what that means, I just made um, a joke one time because I didn't know what Bill Belichick's last name was, so I just said Lumberjack. And I thought it was pretty humorous as well. So we just keep calling him Bill Lumberjack, but he got chopped down like that old cherry tree because Mike Vrabel used every Belichick move against him in this chess match and final pick six with nine seconds in the fourth quarter was amazing but the one thing that needs to be said about this and i'm going to expand on it more is i mentioned earlier when we were talking about the eagles that zach Ertz is a grown man if there is something higher than a grown man that would have to be titans running back derrick henry oh my he was you know the phrase like he was a, he was a man amongst boys. Take that to a whole new level because he ran all over. He backed up and ran over again. He was a beast amongst that boys. top Patriots run defense. It was amazing. He ran for what was it 180 yards? Had another big screen pass uh, that went down, scored a touchdown. They had. No answer for him. Those boogeymen that they called the Patriots linebackers was the name they took on. Derrick Henry said, I'm your father. There are no boogeymen. They are all fake. And he just took them all to school. That dude, in my opinion, should be the NFL League MVP this year. Absolutely. I understand the glitz and glamour that is Lamar Jackson. In my opinion, they should also create a new award to call it the most dynamic football player in the league, and that should be given to Lamar Jackson, but the league MVP should be, without a doubt, a running back for the first time in a very long time, Derrick Henry. Absolutely. So, Tom Brady, if this was your last game as a New England Patriot... Because currently he does not have a contract with them. um, I'm happy to see you go. 
I'm, I'm happy that your final pass was a pick six. Yep. And yes, you could say I'm just a disgruntled Patriot hater. Call me what you want, right? Whatever. No it was cares. amazing to see, and I'm going to throw a little wrench into this, because... That pick six at the end. Months ago, around week seven, my Atlanta Falcons made a trade with the New England Patriots for Mohamed Sanu for a second round pick. Mohamed Sanu went from a number two potential wide receiver with the Atlanta Falcons. And keep in mind, this is a team with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Austin Hooper at tight end. And run. Went to a team that needed a wide receiver with hands. And he has hands. Not stone hands. Hands that catch anything and everything. Him and Tom Brady were never able to get in sync. I love conspiracy theories because I think they're fun. The pick six to finalize the game, essentially, and potentially Tom Brady's last pass as the New England Patriot was to Muhammad Sanu, which was tipped, intercepted by Logan Ryan, ex-Patriot, ran back for a pick six. My conspiracy theory is Mohamed Sanu took the trade, got the Falcons a second-round pick just to screw up the Patriots' season. Maybe. And I love it. Every single second of it. But congratulations to Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans on going in to Gillette Stadium. And making sure the Patriots were not in the Super Bowl this year. By outplaying, and I'm going to say it, outcoaching the New England Patriots on wildcard weekend. Folks, that was just Saturday. Now we go on to Sunday, where another one of my favorite games happened. We had the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints had to go into overtime, but Vikings pick up the W with 26-20. to 20. Man, was I way off in this one with my pick. You. This was actually what got me... Um, if I chose the Vikings, I would have been 4-0 and with the picks, but I chose the Saints on this one, so that's what got me 3-0. I, I am one of, we, we're, we're one of everybody else where we really, truly thought the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings stood no chance against that all-powerful team the of the New Orleans would, Saints. That the Minnesota Miracle would not happen. And But the, the, the thing is, is going into New Orleans... Going into that environment, playing with a quarterback that's known for not stepping up in key moments, uh, always a hot topic, um, and really just not sure what's going to happen. But that offense is different when Dalvin Cook is behind the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, He ran hard, played a great game, come back from that shoulder injury. Almost got a fumble the one time. Oh man, I was up out of my seat more times in this game than I can count. Because, well, I'm a Falcons fan. Sorry, Saints, but you choked again. Dalvin Cook, like, I watched this game, too. And Dalvin Cook almost got a fumble. But, thankfully, he got one of his knees down and then got hit. And, thankfully, they did not It was wonderful to see the air come right back out of the Saints when they showed it up on the big screen and Cook's knee was down. And they knew it was because it would have been a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Come on back, he said. I don't think so. But this game was truly phenomenal. Kirk Cousins played a very, very good game. No turnovers. Drew Brees threw a pick, uh, which definitely turned out to be in the Vikings' favor. But I did say something last week in the podcast 
I, I, I chose the Saints to win heavily, which I was wrong. Me too. But I did say, if they were going to have a chance, they needed to get tight end Kyle Rudolph involved early and often. It wasn't often. But he did catch the winning touchdown pass. I saw that, and everyone, like, I was so happy because it looked like he, like, it looked like he would catch it, but it also looked like his feet would not make it in the end zone. You're right. It looked like he was going to come down out of bounds, but he ended up getting, like, five feet in. Now, there are people saying, oh, it's another pass interference call. Saints got screwed again. You know what? Give it up, Saints, for what it actually is. You choke in the playoffs. Because there was a battle between big Kyle Rudolph and little tiny P.J. Williams. Okay? He was smacking Rudolph's hands down as he was trying to put him up for the catch. They were saying Rudolph pushed off a little bit. Well, you know what happens when you got somebody grabbing at your hands when you can't get them up? What are you going to do? You're going to get a little separation. This is why the NFL let it play out. People are also complaining, well, you didn't review it either. They saw about 300 angles of it. Okay. It was not pass interference when it was live. It was not pass interference when they slowed it down and looked at it. So they let it play on. That's what happens in the NFL, people. You let the players play. I think it was a great game. Went back and forth many, many different times. But the thing that stood out the most is the Vikings' absolutely soul-crushing defense. You had, after the game, both Everson Griffin and Daniil Hunter say that when the 1-7 lowly Falcons went into New Orleans and clobbered the Saints, they showed them the blueprint on how to stuff the middle of the Saints to block it out and take them down. Mm-hmm. The Vikings mentioned that they use the Falcons' blueprint. No team is unbeatable in the National Football League. That's true, and I've learned that firsthand. <laughs> but the Vikings went in there. Mike Zimmer and his his crew, his staff, went in there with an amazing game plan against Sean Payton and the rest of the Saints. Kudos to the Vikings on a very big win, and if that defense for Minnesota plays like that the rest of the way, they will be a very, very difficult team to beat. Mm-hmm. Now we go on to the final game of Sunday, and personally, my favorite, because we got the Seahawks in it. Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles, we win 14-9. to and before, 17-9. 17-9, yeah. Um, and before you go into this, um, or before we go into this, there was someone at my school that said, Oh, you guys um, only won because we didn't have Carson Wentz. And I said, we're on our fourth running back. So cry all you want about it. <laughs> it's, it's, it is. it's it's heartbreaking for Carson Wentz to go down with yet another injury. Um, but that's football. And to, and to be honest with you, when McCown came in, I didn't really expect much. The dude hasn't seen the field at all this year. And he came in and gave it his all. I I tip my cap, I raise my drink to that man because he played a heck of a football game. And the Eagles were absolutely decimated with injuries this season. And and anybody that wants to complain, specifically Cowboys fans, about how the Eagles were in the playoffs instead of them, this is exactly why 
the Eagles were in the playoffs over the Cowboys. They didn't have all the talent in the world on paper like the Dallas Cowboys did. They were using people from the street. They were using people from the practice squad that were making plays. The coaching staff developed an amazing game plan, and they have been for over a month to get them in this situation, to put them in a position to win. And it, it just didn't come. It, it just didn't work out for them. But when you're going against people like Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Bobby Wagner, you uh, it, the list goes on and on. And to still only lose in a one possession game, I as hard as it is for me to say, I tip my hat to the Eagles organization for truly putting their team in a position to win. Yeah. It says nothing to me about their fans, because I think their fans are still absolutely disgusting. Um, I've been there. I've witnessed it firsthand. Not not a fun place to be. I'll never go there to see a football game. Um, but the Seattle Seahawks do come out on top playing the gritty football that they have all season. Whether it's winning last second, whether it's barely overcoming things. They've had a lot of injuries themselves. But the one player that stood out to me was the human bat Batman, DK Metcalf himself. That catch he made where he stumbled, fell, and got back up for the touchdown. That was it was true from from the first whistle to the last, that man balled out. He showed why he should have been a high first round pick with that size and speed. People were were mocking him coming out of the or getting into the draft about route running abilities. That dude ran all over the Eagles defense yesterday and showed why the combination of him and Tyler Lockett with Russell Wilson behind center, you always have a chance. And if he starts stepping up, creating a little bit of separation, shoring up his hand ability a little bit. <clears throat> It's going to be another tough team to beat. I think a lot of teams are counting them out, to be honest with you, because their defense gets a little shoddy. Um, but all you have to do for that offense is keep it close. And I remember um, after the game, I remember uh, Metcalf saying that whenever he fell, he didn't feel anyone touch him, so he just got back up and just kept running until the end zone. And also, um, the one play that Marshawn Lynch made where he would just not stop running, and he was able to get into the end zone. Amazing, dude. That's Marshawn Lynch. His, his legs never stop. That is, that's what they teach you when you're a kid and you're running the football. It doesn't. If you're not on the ground, don't stop moving your legs. Just because somebody hits you or you're in a little bit of a pile or a scrum, don't stop moving your legs. And Marshawn Lynch does that better than anybody else, and it turned in from being... Maybe a one to two yard gain. He kept moving and kept moving. Pushed in five yard touchdown run. Mm -hmm. So pivotal points in the games for sure. But I'll tell you what, folks. This was probably one of the best weekends in football I have seen in a very, very long time. Yep. Um, Seahawks are still in it, man. Yes, Seahawks are. are still in it. You have uh, Tom Brady potentially playing his last game in Gillette Stadium in a Patriots uniform. I bet his favorite movie now is called Remember the Titans. Great football <laughs> yeah. movie. Um, 
He'd probably like to forget him, though. Saints choking the playoffs yet again. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Sean Payton signed a big extension. I know that. But is he going to stick around? Is Drew Brees ready to hang it up yet? A lot of questions going on in the offseason yet, um, you know, around these teams. I'm, both of them had very, very high hopes, both in the media and within their own locker rooms, to continue on this offseason. But they've come up short. Um but they lost in, in phenomenal games. The Bills themselves lost this game. Uh, I really do believe Josh Allen is that future quarterback of the Bills. I think he's a great quarterback. He's got a lot of heart, which is perfect for that environment in Buffalo. He tried to do too much himself. Um, I truly believe that's why they lost that game. No. But we'll see what happens next year. Yep. You know, Sean McDermott, strong coach, good coaching staff. I don't think they're going to lose anybody. Um, there was some potential there about the Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, taking some interviews, but I think those have been backed out now. Uh, but if they can keep that core together, I think they're going to be very, very good next year, get a couple of pieces in the draft, maybe free agency, and the Bills will be right back in their contention, especially in that same exact conference or division, I should say, as the Patriots. With them going downhill, the Bills are rising. So now is the time for the Bills to capitalize and take over that uh, that AFC East division. Now we go on to, um, I'm just saying this because I think this is what we're going to do, but we're going on to next week. So next week we got a couple of really good games, right? We have... Uh, Starting off... Saturday we have some games, and Sunday again. Starting off with the Minnesota Vikings and the San Fran 49ers. So... We're gonna get. We're gonna do a couple of podcasts, a couple episodes this week, folks. So we're gonna save the details of these games for a later episode. We should be doing one Wednesday and Friday, but just again, no guarantees. Yeah, apparently they get sick out of the blue now. We were gonna do one like an episode uh, last Friday, but Dad was sick, so like this, like not happen. So we do. We have the Vikings at the Niners kicking off the divisional playoff week. So the Vikings. Go into New Orleans and beat them. Now can the Vikings go into Levi Stadium for and my take pick, over the Niners? Um, for my pick, I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. I'm going to wait. Oh. I'm, I'm going to take the week the week route and not give my pick yet. Uh, but the second game <clears throat> on Saturday, Tennessee, Tennessee and the Baltimore Ravens. Have to go to Baltimore. So the Titans have to go into Gillette to play the Patriots. Now they have to go down to M&T Bank Stadium and play the Ravens. Will the Ravens be rusty? They sat the starters week 17. They had the bye week. Will it take them a quarter to shake that rust off? And can the Tennessee Titans capitalize? We'll wait and see. I'm going with Titans. <laughs> You're going with the Titans on this I'm one? Oh, man, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, Might not happen though. So we got an NFC and an AFC battle. Sunday, Sunday Sunday we have another AFC and NFC battle. Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. So the Texans taking the the magical, magical Deshaun Watson into Kansas City to see if they can take over that Chiefs team. And then the late game, which is Sunday evening. Seattle Seahawks and Green Bay Packers. Seattle Seahawks. I'm immediately going with Seahawks. Playoff football, cold weather at Lambeau Field. This sound. You have Russell Wilson against Aaron Rodgers. This sounds like a game of the year in the making. Remember one thing, though, people, that 
Aaron Rodgers, for like his past few games, he's only been playing good in the last two quarters. Not the whole entire game. But the and it has been has been just enough to get the win. This is playoff football, so hopefully he should be doing better. And this is coming from a Seahawks fan. The one thing that I will say is that over the past week, Aaron Rodgers has been dealing a lot with media, talking about how bad they are, how bad he's been playing. If anything is going to spark a fire in that man to just throw up a 50-burger, that would be enough to do it. So if the Seahawks are going to win this game, and I I do, I think it's going to be a very close football game, but if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to play from whistle to whistle. And that defense is going to have to show up and Mm -hmm. show out to stop Aaron Rodgers, uh, Devontae Adams, and most of all, Aaron Jones. They need to shut down that run game hard. So if they could do that, they got a shot. But we have four amazing games coming up next weekend. We're really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what happens. Take them into potentially the conference round. Uh, But we'll talk about that in the next couple of days. Uh, But just remember, if you haven't seen... um, if you haven't seen all these games, go check out highlights. I mean, you had two of these games this past weekend. I would recommend go into overtime. I would recommend watch the consistent game because you can watch like a football game under like forty-five minutes. So go check them out. Um, one of the best weekends in football in a very, very long time. Yep. Um, looking forward to seeing what happens though. This season has been has been interesting to say the least between referees messing up calls and games and outcomes and things like that. Um, Looking forward to seeing what's coming up, but uh, definitely want to say thanks for listening. Check us, uh, check us out on Twitter, the all out blitz pod, uh, all out blitz podcast.com. We'll take you out to the recordings as well, but uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you up in a couple of days with some more news. Enjoy uh, your family. Hope you have a great rest of the week and we'll talk to you soon. And also, um, actually, forget it. I was, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, All well, right. see you guys. All right. Thanks for Jeff listening. and Brady, All Blitz Podcast. Peace yeah. out. Thanks for listening.